What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, everybody. It's another week, and this is Knife Talk. Knife Talk is a great podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, and everybody else who wants to just hang out. It's not all just knives. Sometimes we talk about people we talk about our lives we talk about all sorts of stuff we break each other's chops and stuff like that i'm jeff fader from fader knives with me is the captain of the ship craig lockwood and the newly returned champion of champions mreko momasi back from sacramento back from the forge to table event in sacramento california how did it go let's strap it on and lube it up boys Whoa! I'm just pulling that again. <laughs> He's back. I'm that just again. taking a tip from Ben. Uh, the show. Wow. Okay, it was a lot of fun. Like overall, it was a lot of fun. I forget because I think the last show I went to was in 2019 uh, to the Blade West in Portland, and I forget how valuable it is. Um, just like interpersonally to reconnect with uh, the people or initially connect with the people that we interact with and engage with so often through Instagram or the internet some way um, that we don't actually get to like, like I've never met Craig. I would like, I can't wait to meet Craig. And so the opportunity of shows like this is to connect with those people as well as seeing their work in person. Um, and like really like getting your greasy mitts on and I was touching everybody's nest. Um, but, um, that was the, I'm pretty confident. I, 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 I cannot think of or know of another collection of high-end, custom, handmade culinary knives. I cannot think of a larger representation of makers that's ever come together like that before in the world. Wow. Um, so, j- real quick. So, if this is the first time you're hearing this podcast... Uh, Mareko and Neil Kamamura had uh, an event with Crocker Cutlery in Sacramento called Forge a Table, where it was a big group of a lot of knife makers 
and people were visiting and there were chefs and there were food being cooked and 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 it was it was an incredible event in Sacramento. We talked about it a couple episodes ago just giving you the setup. I back, I will back, back up back. actually just for a second cuz I heard Craig start to jump in there a second. I I will correct myself and maybe not say the world but it definitely in the United States. Um because I know Cotillia what is it called? Cutelia. No, Cutelia no, I'm sure that massive, I'm sure right? there's far more talent there than there would be at Cutelia. Definitely um, a lot more variety. Yeah. yeah um sure. and yeah, not, n- there were even several purveyors there, but no individual purveyor houses like the the 60 to 70 odd different makers that were represented at that show not everybody could make it but like you know cayman blades was there uh, or had work represented nick Anger had work represented like there were a lot of incredible makers who weren't necessarily able to make it to the show but had work represented there and it was wow. awesome to see all of it as well as the uh kind of the uh, culinary adjacent craftsmen who were making, uh, you know, like butcher blocks and cutting boards, uh, leather goods from like Teton leather with our friend Francesca Ricci and, um, and, uh, Imperial Leatherworks. Uh, there were a lot of really great talented people there. Uh, Ben Tendick was there with all kinds of titanium anodized fucking really cool, like fish spatulas and little tools and stuff like that. Uh, as well as knives, and it's just—it it was a great collection of makers, and it was—it was really, really revitalizing for myself personally to see so many people. Um, and I owe a lot of thanks, actually, to many people who, because being uh, kind of like one of the show, or, show organizers, and also honestly, because being part of this podcast, uh, I was talking non fucking stop to people and like i barely had breaks to go to the bathroom or to get any food and so people were bringing me food um in the bathroom in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> people were bringing me you know empty bottles to piss in <laughs> I'm just joking. um no it was really really incredible uh i think a, a, for me a very uh big personal highlight were um to meet maker newer makers well i guess not necessarily newer makers but new makers to me like um like running man forge who i'm pretty confident is a is a, a, a staunch listener of our show uh sl blades that's seth lopez based out of san diego san diego california that guy is a maker to watch for sure he's doing fucking bonker shit and he's like I don't even think he's 30 yet. He's doing some really, really awesome stuff. Um, and Jesse Ueda was there. Um, it was it was so cool to meet her and and have her kind of. She was like, a, what is it in a boxing match when you got somebody like in your corner helping? <laughs> you got like your your trainer and everybody like in your corner. Like she was that for me at this event, and she was you know making sure I was staying fed and <laughs> and. Um, and you know all just like it it was just great to have her support um awesome. in all the different you know all, you know because i was going between forging and and i did a knife sharpening like knife care knife sharpening presentation that was like you know half an hour 40 minutes maybe honestly i, I feel i felt like for fucking ever but it was probably only about 40 minutes or so of me jabbering about general knife care and then some tips on knife sharpening um but it was cool to have her there like in my corner nonstop uh mm. to 
to to have kind of like that little boost of uh, confidence um, because you know a lot of the people that were there I I only really honestly had ever met in real life maybe ten percent of the people that were at that event uh, maker makers wise obviously a lot of the attendees I had never met before in my life but um, and yeah I just want to give a massive shout out to all the listeners that came to the podcast or came to the podcast came to the show uh, who, who are from the local area am I yelling in? No, no, no. I, I feel like you're excited. I feel like you're excited, and I feel like there's like so much to unpack, and you're just like, <laughs> kind of like. Sorry, I can I slow you. down. No, 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 no. I, I have a lot of questions for you. Actually, sure, sure. But, okay, this so will, go ahead. So yeah. there were a lot of people who listened to the podcast. Yeah, a lot okay? of people that uh, listened to the podcast uh, that were also there, like helping to make sure I stayed fit too <laughs> and stuff like that, or, uh, or but also just had nothing but really kind things. Uh, even like there was uh, this jewelry maker that her name is Lydia, and she makes this awesome jewelry. Uh, she's based out of Oakland. She listens to our podcast because you know we we get a lot of downloads and. I, I guarantee not everybody's custom knife makers. And so it's always interesting to me to meet the people who don't necessarily make knives, but who still listen, why they listen. And, um, <laughs> and why the hell? Yeah. Why yeah, the fuck yeah. are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, it was great to, it was great to chat with her because as a, as a crafter and creative person herself, even though the work is different, like a lot of the struggles are the same. And so, uh, she could really relate to, a lot of the stuff we're talking to and talking about um, in regards to the work and the business side of things and talking, you know, like managing customers and all that kind of shit. And so, and I met a few of those people who, at that event who weren't even makers, uh, but who listened to the show religiously. And so, really? Was, yeah, fuck. It was cool. It was super cool. And who were just from the local area. You know, awesome. Yeah. yeah, awesome. So, so this event is this going to be a like an annual event, or you know, a, is it going to return in any sort of form? What, what's going yeah, on? Yeah. So, I think that we wanted this one to be really big um, because it's the 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 kickoff event. It's the inaugural uh, forged to table uh, culinary knife show. I think what we want it to do after now is to kind of be a kind of a, a touring pop up event that. Uh, goes around through different regions around the country so we'll go down to like austin texas and up to new york and down to charleston south carolina and over to nashville tennessee and up to minneapolis or chicago you know and just back down to la go to san francisco seattle portland you know i would love for it to eventually be something we try to do like go over and hang out with fingal and do some work with fingal over there make it down to australia where you know like cutthroat knives is and 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 for this to be a a, a wider thing because honestly like it's really surprising that there that there aren't more show that it's taken so long for a show like this to to come to fruition because culinary knives especially in the last 10 years but honestly since bob kramer uh and bill burke and murray carter and and devin thomas michael rader those guys were like the first high-end custom knife makers who were specializing in culinary knives they're really killing it and but that was like fucking 98 that's a long time ago honestly that mm -hmm. people were you know really killing it with this stuff and so it's amazing that it's taken 20 plus years to bring a show like this to life and um and it, it, honestly it's also a lot more fun 
you know, we're mixing it up with the forging and the cooking demonstrations and knife sharpening demo uh, and the food and, and the beer and wine. And it was really great having it at this art uh, gallery venue because uh, it also gave, uh, you know, San Diego was quite warm, actually, the weekend that we were there. And so it gave people also a cool place to kind of walk around and see the art and the artists that whose work were at that venue were actively working on pieces in that venue at that exact time. Um yeah, it was really so. It was kind of like a dual event going on at the same time. It was really, really fucking cool. But it's not surprising you, you, that it took so long because you know, without social media, without this networking, this was all. Everything is kind of like happening the way it's supposed to be happening because sure. there's this. I mean, we talk a lot about you know, this is the first year at Blade Show that there's going to be 45 people applying for the uh who are testing for the journeyman smith Jeez. this all comes from this this is the most they've ever had and this comes from the fact that there's this growing networking social media networking that's yeah. like getting people connected involved and that's the reason why i mean it's just the way it is i mean yeah so I mean, it's, even, it's appropriate it's yeah. totally appropriate well even the amount of awareness that forged right uh, Forge and Fire has brought to the craft i mean it actually helped birth neil kamimura and so many 100%. makers What's that? A hundred percent. No, four, I mean those forty-five people yeah. were a, were a, were a byproduct of Forge and Fire being in existence. Yeah, whether yeah. you like it or not. Sure. Yeah, I think this is a good a good point actually to make about Forge and Fire. So one of their hosts, who's, a, who's you know he's been on the show. Jay Nielsen's been on the show. Um, huge condolences to him and his family. He had a loss this week. So um, yeah, we're all thinking of you, Jay. So yeah, huge condolences to you guys. But yeah, you sound pumped about this event, Morocco. It's really nice to hear. It sounds yeah, you're excited. Yeah, and, um, it, <laughs> it's still got a lot through, of man. energy coming off of it. Uh, What's yeah, the it's... best thing you ate? What is the best thing I ate? I What's actually the best thing so outside of the show while I was there, I went to um, what is it called? Old Sacramento. So there's like this riverfront boardwalk um, where a lot of train traffic used to come. In fact, it's next to the historical like train station. Um, and there's a train museum and there's all this like kitschy, like board, like old West kind of slanted boardwalks. Like you could imagine cowboys with the spurs walking down the, um, walking down and, and, and there was probably full of saloons and general stores and shit like that. Anyways, it's a super kitschy, like trapped in time kind of location. Uh, and one thing that my wife and I really love to do, um, when we travel, whether or not our kid is with us or not, we like to write him postcards just as little snippets, uh, from those, like those times in those moments. And, um, so my, I was on a mission to get a hold of a postcard and one of the sponsors that were at, actually at the event, uh, craft who I collaborated with to make my apron. Um, they, the, 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 the CEO and chief operating officer were there hanging out at the event. And, uh, I invited them to come down with me to kind of like walk around this old timey place. And, um, and we came across a fucking, like it, it looked, it felt like I w we were in New York. He, we, he's, uh, Trent, who, who is, uh, this, this, I think he's the CFO actually. Um, he saw a menu and it said Shanghai delight and it had all the, he saw a soup noodle or uh, soup dumplings on there. And he's like, we got, we got to go down there. We got to go. <laughs> so we went down a couple flights into a basement to this t tiny little uh, uh, Chinese restaurant, the dumpling spot. And we loaded up on uh, all kinds of delicious food. And that, that that was a, a pretty awesome experience and he's like this is as good as like this is the right now i feel like i'm back in shanghai 
or in China eating. And wow. so it was really cool to have share that experience with him and and to have that food because I've only you know honestly I've only eaten dumplings once um and that was in uh I think I was with uh our friend Tim Music actually in Brooklyn at a dumpling spot and that was the first time I had soup dumplings but we had all kinds of crazy stuff there and and fortunately there were leftovers cuz they saved my life later that night <laughs> at like two o'clock in the morning yeah. Sounds like nice. a great trip. Yeah. Jeff, what your week? What's been going on? <sighs> Burning the candle at both ends, Craig. Burning the candle at both ends. As usual. As usual. Yeah, yeah I just finished gluing up uh twenty forks. And I'm gonna have Fork them off. Yeah, that's right. And I'm gonna have them ready to go. The T shirts just arrived. Uh, we're getting them ready to put on. I'm loath to say we did it, we got the t shirts, they look great. Uh, we're going to be putting up on the website. It's just like it's bananas. I'm getting ready to do this giant sculpture that I've been working on for the past few months. And, and then, uh, and then the really, the only interesting news was like fucked up big time this week. Uh, and not how you think I would. I actually, um, on Mondays I swim with my kid who's, uh, uh, was, is the, you know, this is coming into her senior year and she's the captain of the swim team and the, she's the youngest captain of the team. And, um, she and I've been swimming and I've been learning a lot from her and, and also her coach swims that uh, at that day too. So we were swimming on Monday and I did, you know, she, she's known for doing, my kid's known for doing the 500, which is 20 yeah, laps, geez. which is insane. It's just totally, yeah. it's just like insane. And so I try to do 500, but I stop in between the laps. I can't do, I can't do like, you know, monster, but I was like, you know, sw- swimming, swimming, swimming. After about 45 minutes warmed up, I say, Hey, let's start racing. So I picked up some tricks from her, picked up some breathing tricks and some stretching tricks. And, and I got I get one time, we raced one lap and I was close. And then the second time I'm, I'm getting closer, I saw it coming up on you. And she goes, I, you know, and then the last time she, we raced and it was so close. And she says, yeah, that one was mine. And I was just like, come on, yo. And, and then <laughs> the coach, the coach was swimming next to us. And my kid said to the coach, "Coach, who who won that last one?" She's like, "I don't know, I don't see it." She's like, well, "Can you watch this one?" She's like, "Well, can I can I race with you?" So the mm-hmm. coach is was former captain of the team, early twenties, very fit swimmer, awesome swimmer. So she wants to swim against me and my kid, and we had the lifeguard be the ref. Okay, yeah. And we, I'm like, "All right, here we are, here we are." And my and my kid's just like, "I'm gonna whip both your asses." She's just like, <laughs> "She's like, I'm taking everybody out." And we, the, 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 the lifeguard said, everybody go already set, go. And we went and I swear to God, I did everything I could. I thought I was drowning halfway through. (laughs) We thought (laughs) hit the, hit the deck and the lifeguard points to me and he says he won by a hair, by a fucking hair. And that was where I fucked up. Uh-oh. Because my kid was like, she just like she was. I mean, you know, she had just started running because she's trying to get ready for the next season, and she said, "I'm, I'm not going to do so well. Today. I'm pretty sore." And the coach just—they're both staring at me, and I'm like, "All right, that's it for me. I retire. I get out of the pool. I dry <laughs> off. I pretend. I pretend to pass out, and then I start shit talking to both of them. Oh my god! <laughs> and that was a huge mistake because now they're just like, next week we're doing. St- kick turns and two laps and we're going <laughs> to practice and they're going they're like you're not getting away with this and and i say coach i mean you know it's one thing if you 
the fuck the dad beats you come on man and it was like and now so i started shit talking back and it got real uncomfortable and i was and they're just like next week we're gonna kick your ass and it was like it was at this fun move but it was just like i'm walking back with my kid in silence i'm like the old man's got a little bit left in the tank, kid. The old man's got a little left in the tank. Never forget. And it was, but at the meantime, you know, through the whole thing, my eyes are bulging out of my head. Water's coming into all the holes. I'm not, I'm not really, you're supposed to swim when you take a breath. You do it either three, six, or seven, or eight. I, I didn't realize all this shit. And I'm just like, at one point, I'm holding my breath. I'm like, don't, you don't have time to breathe. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bring it to the table. And so, wow. That was uh, my my. And now they're just gonna beat the shit out of me. Now they're yeah, like, the now, on oh, the dude, there's yeah, just yeah. there's no there's no. And that was a fluke. I can't cough that up again. So <laughs> I just might have to pull a hamstring or something. Say, get sure. in the water. I don't know what the hell is gonna happen. What so. what was the uh, yeah. what was the stroke? The freestyle. Freestyle. Okay. Freestyle. What? It, so what I did, have a. What was your I freestyle? Adv- I had an advantage because I'm taller and it was only 25 meters. So oh, like one length, it's right. like you just and and my kid is she's a distance swimmer, and then the and then the co- they're all fucking around, but they didn't realize that I I just you know I was gonna drown in order to win, and I almost <laughs> did. I just didn't you know there was, I was learning all sorts of shit. I didn't I thought that when you breathe for the for the freestyle that you had to pick one side to breathe on. I didn't know that you the move is to breathe on the third stroke. So I started breathing oh. on the third stroke, and then so you, that, that means you're alternating, and then you end up you have a little bit more power in your in your stroke, and then mm-hmm. it was all this bullshit. And, and then you have you know. a fucking stroke, and then <laughs> I the lifeguard I mean, I literally in. like there was some like redness. There was, I was like saw some red when I I got out of that water. I'm just like, oh my god, this is puking up terrible. water and fucking blood, oh, dude. I got like, I mean, it was like it was it was, felt good, but then it also felt like. Ugh, this might have been. I might. I should have. I should. I shouldn't have won this one. This is a mistake. And now they're gonna tear my ass up every time I go out in the water. So I feel like that was good. I feel like that's a quintessential dad thing, especially with kids in in high school. Yeah, that it's like you got to step up and be like, Dad's still got this shit. She's got yeah, it. She's got it. Yeah. I don't care if she's the captain of the swim team. I don't care if she's seventeen. I don't care how good of a swimmer she is. She just needs to know. She was very, I was very arrogant, and then she got very arrogant, and then she got real quiet. And I just needed her to know, I know this isn't going to last forever, and I know that there's a lot more running involved, and there's a lot more training involved, and I know my, you know, that that gain was, you know, they want to do kick turns. Now, let me tell you what a kick turn is. You you swim, and then at some point, you do a flip right Mm. by the the deck and then you kick, kick off, off and wall. go. Yeah, yeah. I tried it. I did it when I was a kid, I could do it. I did it not too long ago and I just did a I did started turning like way too far. I basically you did a somersault three I didn't even touch the wall. I did a somersault <laughs> three feet away from the wall and it was just like and then I kicked I fucking donkey kicked into nothing and, the, and it was like it was fucking garbage. It was like I was Graceful, like I bet. Oh yeah. I'm god I mean a little I look like some like like a seahorse having a seizure or something like that. It was terrible. But other than that everything's good. I feel good. Uh you know and uh you know we had a good time last week with Ben, thank you, Ben, sir, yes, for for, did, for yeah. picking Thanks, up the ben. slack, and uh, we're glad you had a good time, Mareko. I'm sure that Neil had a good time too, and yeah, it you know, it's just good that you guys got out there and did 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 your thing. 
Dude, you know what I forget every time I see Charlie is how fucking tall he is. He's like six one or six two. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I always see him on his Instagram for some reason because like he's 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 a string bean. He's strong, but he's a fucking skinny guy. And yeah. I always for some reason I'm like, oh, that means he's small. No, he's fucking giant. He's like you. He's tall, like unexpectedly tall. <laughs> Yeah, he's always hunched over at old Charlie. Charlie's over with uh, Nick Anderson and right and, and Josh Prince are working on a They're secret project. Magic. Yeah, man, what a team up! Secret project. Craig, how are you? Yes, um, I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm extremely happy tonight. Today I've had a really good evening. But um, nice. the week, yeah, you know, fighting to carve time to get into the workshop, um, which I've had a bit this week. Um, had the most depressing meeting yesterday with the accountant where we talked about last year and where we're going forward this year, that kind of thing. Um, basically, last year was pretty much a write-off. Um, but we've got some exciting stuff happening now. So, yeah, it's I've got a bit of a spring in my step again with it all. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased. Um, but today has been an epic day, actually. So uh, uh, the the kids got one more week in school before, or maybe two, before they finish for the summer holidays. Um but round here, we're in sort of bank holiday time. So there's there's holidays happening all the time at the moment here in France. Hmm. Um, at, there's one this weekend, I think, actually. There was one last weekend as well. Um, and yeah, everybody just seems to be in a bit of a holiday spirit, you know. It's really good. We've got a, a, a fair that's come locally as well, which I've taken the kids to tonight. Um, yeah, everything feels as if summer's coming. Everything feels positive and all good, all good. So it's last nice out. last week you were getting ready for your performance as you as you were recording and then you did your show. How did that go? Very good. We were really pleased. So um, we didn't know how many would attend. It was a free event, so it wasn't ticketed. So we didn't know how many would attend right. or whatever. Um, the hall holds three fifty, um, and we had pretty much that um, well oh, wow. over the three hundred. Um, we didn't actually count them, but we were we were at capacity basically. Yeah. Um, went really, really well. Really, really pleased. Um, we raised a fair bit of money for you know the Ukrainians that um, have moved in sort of within the sort of hundred mile radius of here. Sure. Um, so yeah, we had over a thousand euros donated on the evening, um, but the bar profits and the the catering profits were also going as well. So we haven't got, actually got the final figure yet, but it's a few thousand. Sure. Um, so yeah, we were all really pleased. It was a really good night because you know not much happens around here with regards to sort of events. Um, so it was really nice to, yeah, get everybody together. Um, we had a great time playing. It was, yeah, it was prop, well, it was the biggest show we played, you know, sort of, you know, 300 plus people. Wow. So yeah, really, real good fun. Now uh, we've got another one tomorrow now as well. So oh, that's, wow. yeah, we've got plenty coming now over the, over the coming weeks right. because it's that sort of, as I say, it's summer's coming. So everybody's booking all the, the events and all that kind of stuff. So we've got at least one a week, wow. um, sometimes two or oh, three shit. a week until sort of September. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's busy. It's really good. It's really good. We're really pleased with it. Taking so, the French what? music scene by storm. Well, the, the, it's, I mean the covers. We do covers, you know. We're not uh... so. They're paying you to do this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. We well, it's, yeah. It's not Korea, but I yeah. mean, we well, we charge six hundred euros a show. So there's four of us. That's, you know, one fifty a show. So, you know, that's great. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's, you know, I said it's not Korea, but it's um, yeah. I do it for free, so I'm I'm more than happy. Right. Yeah, more than. Look happy. at you! Look at you! You're taking yeah. it all over. Oh yeah, yeah. So today, as I said, we we've had a fair here. Um, so we we picked the kids up from school. We had a bit of dinner. Then we we're taking them to the fair. It was it was nice and early because 
you know what it's like at a fair. You know, at, as soon as it starts getting dark, the teenagers come out and the you know Baby. all the fighting and fingering starts. You know, so <laughs> oh, we, we, we tried to uh, <laughs> so we tried to get back in time, which we did thankfully. So you got to watch out for those two Fs. Yeah, yeah, the fighting, fighting and the finger, finger and all oh the fun God. of the fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was we we were surprised. It was massive. It was again not much happens around here, but for some reason it's all kicking off. And there was this massive fair. It was, you know, it was a traveling fair that come and set up. Um, real good fun. Real good fun. So yeah, I'm I'm in extra high spirits this evening. I've had a few drinks. It's all good. Perfect. All good. Before we move on, can I give a quick shout out to our friend Ben Seacrest of Fiery Ice Forge, who's the one of the most newly crowned Forge and Fire champions. He's a he's a friend of ours uh, from the podcast. Uh, he also, you know, he works with the guys at Broadbeck, and so I just want to give him a shout out and congratulations. Sure. Ben's of course, you dude. just did. Good Perfect. Dude. Right, where are we going to go with today's show then? We've got I questions, mean, we've got, what have we got? I mean, some plugs we should start, don't you think? Do you think? Okay, I mean, let's start with the... Uh, sorry, I'm not fully prepared this evening, bear with me. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. No, you don't want to do that. You want to go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat. You're still getting even heat because they're the best. Obviously, you're going to get an even heat. Um, but that will take you to Soul Ceramics, and they are a uh, like a reseller of, of even heats. I get to spec it out yourself, um, and you get that discount. So you'll get $75 off and free shipping in the U.S. So we'll put that link down in the description, which is knifetalk.net forward slash heat. Okay. Questions. Let's start with some questions from those filthy public. Let's have a look. Jmod Knives is coming with the first one. And he's contacted us via Instagram. Um, so he's DM'd us um, this question. If you've got a question, you can do exactly the same. We are Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. And that's exactly what Jmod Knives has done. And they've said, thanks for the insight on last week's question, guys. And Jeff, you're right. I'm impatient. Expect my work to just take off. But in reality, I still have a lot to learn and a style to develop. But anyways, on to the week's question. On average, how long do you think it takes someone to learn the craft of knife making? Have it as their hobby to become a full-time knife maker? I've been doing this for three years, and it's all I want to do. Um, that's from Jmod Knives. He's a he's a it, very good follow too. He does all the skateboarding, and he's do, he's a he's a very good follow. Yeah, I just gave him a. That's follow, your thing actually. now, skateboarding, isn't it, Jeff? That's right. your thing now. Well, he's a one wheeler, dude. Ah, I'm yes, in love yeah. with the one wheel. I, I would love I to never, see Jeff on a longboard at least. I never thought, <laughs> I never thought I would love it as much as I do. And I've been practicing now when the weather's good every weekend for a year, almost a year. Wow. So if you've got your own now, because you were using your, your father-in-law's They gave it to me. Because oh, wow. Okay. They gave cool. it to me because... Because you're so rad, Because you beat the shit out of it. And he's like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to fucking keep this thing. <laughs> they got it for their grandchildren. And their grandchildren are very young, and the parent, the, all the parents of the grandchildren, so my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, a bunch of pussies, and they wouldn't let their kids on it. So I was the only <laughs> one who went on it, and then I took a massive smash, but at the same time, I got back up the next day, and then uh, they were like, well, no one wants it, so you should take it. So they sent it to me, and I 
love, love, love it. And I love Uncle it. Uncle Jeff spoiling the fun for all the kids. Fuck <laughs> them. They, fuck them. I've done enough of that for this family. I, we, I, I took it with pride, and now I want the, the better one. Now I want another one. <laughs> the faster one? I want the, the one with one? the treaded tire. I want the GT with the treaded tires. I'm like, oh, so my kid and I, every Sunday, we go out, and she takes the longboard, and I take the one wheel, and then I have this long rope, and I tow her around this loop. We did like, <laughs> we did like six miles. We did six miles, and we're wow. talking, and we're having a good time, oh, and it was yeah. it was awesome. So like, I am. Uh, we're going to go this weekend, and I, I love the one wheel. So that's the answer. Nice. For that. Maybe, can't do tri- maybe I don't do tricks. Maybe they should be uh, your next sponsor on the Full Blast podcast. They follow me, so don't worry about that. Just a tire swap. That's all you need. I don't need, power, I need upgrade I don't that need, power bank. I need. I'm gonna. I want. I want. I want multiple one wheels. I need one for the asphalt, and I, I'm gonna be a diva. <laughs> I, I. There's a problem. I have a problem. I never thought I'd love this technology as much as I do. I never thought I would, and I love it. I love everything about it. That's the answer nice. to that. J Mod Knives. Back to his question. How long Back does it to take question. to be a <laughs> yes. knife maker? How long is a piece of string? It de- yeah, it completely depends your situation, what you're currently doing, whether you need to, you know, meet those expectations with regards to salaries and all that kind of thing. Different for everybody. Um, so yeah, there's no real answer to that. We we get a similar question every week, and we always come up with the same sort of response. Really, is it depends. You know, as simple as that. Really. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a very personal thing. For me, like, I personally didn't really feel, I didn't feel like a real knife maker until I finally, like, the metallurgy of what's happening in the heat, through the heat treat and the normalizing cycles and all that shit, until that finally clicked. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, I'm a real knife maker. But I think it's also very subjective. You know, mm. there are some jokers out there that, bang on a piece of steel a little bit <laughs> forge it, to texture it and then grind away and they can they feel like they're bladesmiths and so i, I don't know I, I think it's just i think it's subjective it's all it's all up to you and in your head yeah and i suppose you're never there you know oh, I'm constantly like everything learning. else that like you're doing everybody's always learning you oh, know yeah. there's always something new to learn or something to, to get better at so there's no you know definite line in the sand to say i've you know I'm the you know a great knife maker now because so that that line is always going to change. The more you learn, the more you want to learn, and, sure. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it is a really difficult question, really. I believe in that ten thousand hours thing. I believe mm. that the more you do something, the more easy it becomes. And now, I mean, now I'm going through a different stage in terms of like having someone with me. Uh, David is Tiger Claw Customs is just great, but making sure that we're I am. I know what he's going to be doing all day. I know. I know what he, my expectations of what I want him to do at the end of the day. That is the new like organization that's really being great. And now, I mean, now we're just we're focusing on. I know what. I know how this goes. I know how this goes. I know how this goes. So now let's do it twenty at a time, but like a lot more frequently. So it's hmm. to me, it's everything is like growth, but like. It's there's a degree of exponential growth based on the information that I had, and now I'm applying it to more, and that's becoming a far more interesting thing for me, which I didn't, I wasn't able to do a couple years ago for sure. And it takes, yeah. it just took doing it, figuring out what's wrong, figuring out what I need to do the next time, 
and then implementing it and then trying to, you know, problem solve and then also work on the fly. Oh, babes, by, by the way, I have the tip of tips, guys. I wasn't going to say this, but now I'm going to say this. A tip I learned because I have a drill press I had since for years. <laughs> it Sometimes it gets a little bit off. And then what happens is when I'm putting my scales together, sometimes I'm a little bit tight in when I'm putting my Corby bolt into the steel. Hmm. And I, sometimes you got to take the take the fucking drum out or the or the die grinder out. Get some die grinder bits and put them in the chuck of your drill press. The speed of a drill press is far more it's slower. And I was cutting through these hardened steel holes just to wallow the holes out of hair mm-hmm. ten times faster. And it wasn't heating up the steel as fast as I have a real high end die grinder that like gets shit fucking goes. You know, it's one of those things when you turn it on, it feels like the whole world's going to end. You know, it's like just the the it's like 10,000 RPM or something like that. Get yourself them quarter inch die grinder bits and shove it in the chuck of your drill press. Man, you're going to be able to wallow out holes like fast and, and without screwing up your steel. Was, so do you use that almost like a mill then, just to sort yep. of put it down into the hole, then sort of to make the hole bigger? Okay. Just okay, wallowing out that hole just a hair, but it was like so much better than, uh, so much better than using uh, the handheld die grinder because sure. that thing is sometimes that thing is like a fucking terrorist. Yeah. you know, yeah, that's a good because I I just finished up that Japanese handle knife and the blade was so narrow at the transition to the tang. Uh, I only needed like an eighth inch drill bit um, to open or to open it up, but I was only I was using the drill bit, and I did it didn't even cross my mind to get like a carbide bit that you might get for like a Dremel or or uh, or like a die grinder um, to kind of connect the because I just drilled a series of holes and then connected the dots and kind of cut the webbing just using the drill bit, but that was super fucking sketchy. Um, I, 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 in the drill press, it does, it's not going as fast, right? 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 And you're actually it's you're optimizing. Speed. You're optimizing the you're optimizing the bit itself, and you're just cutting yeah. through hardened steel yeah. very easily. And it's and it's in a in a position. It's not moved like you know right. with the rotary tool. It wants to slide off, doesn't it? But this is yeah stuck where it is. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. By the great. way, that ten thousand hours rule uh, comes from Malcolm Gladwell, and I believe his yes. book uh, Outliers, which is fucking really like all of his books are really good people might check them out there we go i tell you what you, you don't you like do to know when you <laughs> well, i don't know i don't know i don't know him i heard the expression i don't know him well enough to make it make out of sure. good yeah, from that book yeah miracle's right. right yeah um another another way to know that you be, you've become a knife maker i suppose is when you start using the right stuff and you know what combat abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. There you go. Become a certified knife maker by using Combat Abrasives. Yeah. There we go. Okay, who wants to take the next question? The next one is from Drew Linger. Uh, it says, hey, cuties. Say, hypothetically, a customer orders a small neck knife but does not pay up front. You make it, but it doesn't turn out. And you don't want to make another. Should you just say you can't make another? Excuse me. And take the, the loss for this deal? Uh, time and sale? So what do you think? You you're, you take an order. There's no money up front. 
and you make one, but you're not happy with it and you're not really interested in doing another one. Hmm. I think if you've taken the original order, there's a reason for that. So yeah, carry on, make another, I suppose, isn't it? Um, it's only going to be better. Surely if you've made a mistake and it's one of those things, if you make a mistake, then you stop doing it and move on to something else. You're never going to learn from that mistake. Sure. So use this as an opportunity to, to, you know, to learn and, um, Fulfill the order. That's what I'd say. I mean, I feel like it's, there might be an issue of, you know, <laughs> uh, bad, bad, uh, bad publicity. <laughs> if you're going to be that guy taking an order and then, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard because you haven't taken the, any money for it, but at the same time you said you would do it. Uh, and I feel like, you know, it's a neck knife fucking, what is that? Two inches? Make it happen, bud. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I I do what I say I'm going to do. That's if I say I'm going to do it, I do it, and that's it. And that's that's I can't. I, I it's important to have a little bit. It's important to take it on the chin a little bit too. I think sure. when you take it on the chin, you learn a lot as well. You know, I think that sometimes, especially when we're in these positions of, you know, being whatever, nickel and diming everything. I think it's I think it's a mistake to just like constantly nickel sure. and dime everything. Just knock it out, figure out what the problem is, and just do what you say you're going to do, hypothetically. It's a hypothetical. I mean, who knows? I mean, he could have been, this is, might not be him, obviously. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, I hear some makers sometimes, um, I don't know how to say it, but they, they basically just, like, they, they put it on, or they don't feel like a sense of responsibility, I guess, to the customer. Um, and I think, like, I'm finished, I'm working on finishing up a knife, uh, I'll probably have it out the door on Monday, but I forged and heat treated and finished ground three iterations before I got the right fucking knife. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like I said, I was going to make this knife and it's, it's getting out the fucking door. I'm not super happy about it, but now I have three knives that I can sell somewhere else. And honestly, like if the knife didn't come out the way and which is ha what happened to me the pattern didn't come out the way i wanted it to i was not happy with it or the bolster transition ended up too narrow and i was trying to transition into into a uh, like a western style handle but it was so narrow it's like only only good for maybe a, like a japanese style handle but that's not the customer's fault so the knife not turning out isn't on them it's on me and it's my responsibility to do what i said i was going to fucking do and yeah. so i feel like this almost feels like passing the buck in a way yeah but I also think even if we take away the customer and the money side of things, if you're working on something and it doesn't work out, to me that makes me more determined to to make it so it does work out. You know, you know what I mean? It's it's that sort of unfinished business sure. thing that you need to, you know, this isn't going to beat me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, everyone's different. Our friend Jared Thatcher had to, he made a set of knives with a hamon on it, and the got the per, I guess the person want, I talked to him about it. The person wanted another one. So he had to match oh, the match oh, the piece. Said last week, yeah. to match the yeah. piece within something new, and then he f he had to redo this knife like three or four times. He's like, oh, couldn't Christ. get it right. He couldn't get it right, and or yeah. it broke. And each one was like broken or something. Like the, the hormone didn't work, and the, he broke the knives or whatever he did. And he's just like, just got to keep at it. You just got to do what mm -hmm. it takes. I I like the idea of putting yourself in an uncomfortable position, you know, and just being sure. like figuring out a way to work out of it. And just, you know, just make it happen. 
just do what you say you're going to do. I'm a fan of doing what you say you're going to do. Well, and it's holding your yeah. Do what you're going to say you're going to do, and holding yourself holding yourself responsible. That's the hard part about this whole fucking thing, like making knives custom on your own in your own shop in your own space, trying to do things on your own terms, and you're your own boss. And you know, I, I it's it's a challenge, but you got to hold yourself responsible because. There's nobody else to blame, honestly, and it's hard to succeed and to find a to to, to uh, find longevity in this craft if you can't even do that. It's not there, you're going to fizzle out. There are a lot of people who push the concept: do what you want to do, and don't let the customer dictate uh, what they want. And you, you know what I usually sure. refer to as this kind of Peter Pan syndrome, where you know, everything is this fairy tale and, and, you know, we're here to just kind of dance around with, you know, doing whatever we want, whatever strikes our fancy. And then, you know, our, our customers are at the mercy of our, you know, delicate genius. And I think that sometimes, I think that that's a, I think that it works for like top of the line guys who have that ability to do that. But like, it's just not, it's not the reality of how, uh, Turning a craft into business works, you know. It, yeah, even artists need way. to learn first. I'm yeah. working on a sculpture right now. I don't want to do, and I, but I said I'd do it, and it's like, mm. and now I'm figuring out ways in which I'm now I'm getting fired up to work on it, and it's just the way it is, and and you know these are things that you know you do what you say you're going to do, and and sometimes the you know what is it? Uh, there was a Seinfeld where uh, Jerry Seinfeld sitting in the in the in the in the uh, the booth and. Costanza, George Costanza sits down and he goes, I was, I was with this girl last night and she was talking dirty with me and George says, well, what did she say? What did she say? And he goes, I don't want to tell you. He says, what do you mean you don't want to tell me? He's like, I'm not in the mood. He's like, you're not in the mood? I'm bald. I live with my parents. You get in the mood. And it's like, I'm constantly saying it to myself, like, you know, I'm not feeling very inspired right now. And I think to myself, I see George Costanza going, you're not in the mood. You get in the mood. And it's, you know, makes life a lot easier. You get in the mood. There we go. There we go. Okay, next question is from Pig Iron Forge. No, no, it's not. It's from Tiger Claw Customs, actually. It's David. Um, yes, your guy. He loves guy. the podcast, by the way. He's been listening since day one. But he clearly hasn't, because let me read this question. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. You know what? Now I'm going to fucking hear about it on Tuesday. Be nice. Hey, guys. Hope you're doing well. I have a question, and I feel that the three of you could answer it. So he's clearly wrong there, because I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> What is the big deal with wrought iron? Uh, why is it so sought after, and what's so revered about it? Uh, thanks and cheers, uh, David. Thank you for making me feel that big. <laughs> I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you think, <sighs> Jeff? I mean, d- well, number one, it's not steel; it's wrought; it's iron. And the old yeah. stuff for when just I mean, from my experience in terms of forging it as blacksmith stuff it forges much softer than mild steel much softer and it's also has a degree of delicacy and it's you know there's history involved and there's history but one of the interesting things is the grain structure after you finish you can uh put it in ferrochloride you can put in all this stuff and you can actually see the growth the grain it's almost like wood grain yeah. And it, there is a history history to it, and and it is hard to get raw. It is hard to get uh, wrought iron now 
um, like new wrought iron, I think. I'm not 100% sure where you'd even start. So a lot of guys get old chains or they get old parts. I remember back in the day we had under a tarp, there was a, all these stretches of, of uh, real wrought iron. And I remember forging it. And I remember how soft it was when we forged it. It was like super duper soft and it was like noticeably soft. So, you know, it's a part of history. You know, yeah. just so like kind of a different is, thing. Is that the advantage of it then? That the fact that it's easy to work with is it? Is it less strong then? What, I mean, what's the? I why is nobody using it then? If I, that's the case, it was. I mean, it's now. You know, a lot of time. And I don't quote me. I mean, I would imagine a lot of it got melted down to put in a you know steel. I mean, now steels. You know, when you send your when you bring all your steel to the scrapyard, it gets sold to you know foundries in China, and then it gets melted down. I'm sure a lot of wrought iron was you know sent off to the the kilns to be reconstituted into some, you know, some channel, you know, some building <laughs> channel. But it's like it, it also is very. It's much more delicate, you know. It like it, it tears easier. It's it's just it doesn't have. It's not as forgiving as mild steel. But when you etch it, it like it's this extraordinary grain. You know, it's really quite different than steel. Yeah, a great example is Elion Blanc's work, actually. She just finished uh, a beautiful, a stunning piece with uh, wrought iron cladding. And you you can see in the etch, you know, why it's so appealing. I mean, it has a similar aesthetic to layered Damascus. Um, I think the tradition of using wrought iron actually comes from Japanese tradition. Um, so when they're smelting the steel, you end up with this bloom that has um, just like these chunks of steel at the bottom. And it's somewhat irregular where the, co the carbon is concentrated and they break it up. Um, and then they kind of test all the different pieces. And some have a really high, heart car uh, high carbon content, others have very low. They do an intentional mixture of some of the high carbon and low carbon stuff um, to create what would essentially become like the actual blade, but they can also isolate either the all high carbon on, into one direction or all all low carbon into another direction to become the cladding. In this way, that they they're able to the the reason the sand mai is a thing is because of what they were doing is concentrating all that high carbon steel in the core, but then cladding it with this super low carbon steel on the outside. So it gave the blade strength and ductility. Um, while still retaining a really high hardness cutting edge um, so that because I don't think honestly like tempering a blade their blades after hardening was really much of a thing so they had to find a workaround and so that workaround was having a high carbon really high hardness core and very soft material on the outside and it just so happens that that cladding on the outside is very aesthetically pleasing and so now in the united states um it's used and just like what jeff jeff was saying you know it's it's hard to come by it's a rare material it's it has a history and it also harkens to a tradition that's literally like over, over a thousand years old uh, that comes from japan so it's funny that you think of when when i think about uh, uh, wrought iron i don't think about making knives i think about in my mind, I immediately go to gates. railings. Yeah, you know, I Railing, immediately go to like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, elements of railings and finials, and sure. you know how the. I, I never think when I think about you know iron, I never think about knives. Never. Yeah. I I have uh, I probably have a fifty pound wrought iron wagon wheel that I got from a vintage shop. And uh, they were selling it as the overall thing, and the middle of the wooden portion was all falling apart and 
go into garbage. And the lady who sold it to me, and this thing is like three foot diameter. And so the lady was like, oh, I, you know, it's kind of broken down and busted up. So are you okay with like $40? And the rag, the wagon wheel rim was about four inches wide and five eighths of an inch thick. Jesus. Uh, so it was monstrous. And she wanted $40 for that. And at the time, a pound of uh, wrought iron was like $15. And now I think it's closer to like 20, 25 a pound. And it depends oh. also, they also uh, like, that's how hard it is to come by. Um, based she on, mugged her. Yeah. <laughs> she offered, <laughs> she, she, she put name the price. The yeah. name of the game is whoever names the price first fucking loses. Uh, and her. she lost. So So, anyways, yeah, I have more than enough rod iron for the rest of my life. And I've only used it like Ooh. once. Ooh. No, I, I give it away to people from time to time. Charge him. You gotta make that money back. Get him. You gotta yeah. yeah, I gotta get that forty dollars back. I'm really <laughs> hurt for it. A pound I had. <laughs> yeah. That poor woman. That poor old bat. Oh, they she had a bunch know. of them. I'm not worried about the. the trust me, the she other. They're mugging people for those fucking things. Yeah, they sell, they sell the nice ones for a couple hundred dollars. Look at look at her. Look at so her. She she had mm-hmm. her come up and she got it. Just look at her. She's okay. She picked herself off. She called the cops. Yeah, I'm okay. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Dust herself off, walking back, the old lady. All right. So from one end of the scale, something which is ancient uh, to something which is super, super modern, um, which would be Dharma steel. So again, uh, well, I say again, I mean, but record mentioned that, it, you know, it's got the, the aesthetic of a, of a, of a layered steel. Um, but um, Dharma steel certainly is. It's, it's a stainless um, layered steel. Um, super, super premium stuff. If you take a look at Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram, you'll see what I'm talking about. People making the most beautiful, beautiful, not only knives, but jewelry, all sorts of stuff. Super, super premium stuff. Take a look at dharmasteel.se, which is their website. Um, they've got all these incredible, incredible patterns. Um, if you make an order, use Knife Talk uh, to get 10% off that order with them. Um, but honestly, go follow them. Take a look at the stuff people are making. Super, super premium stuff. Um, and it's a way to sort of level up your work. Really cool stuff. I actually talked to Pear the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you put them on the? Did you put them on the spot? That's that's the thing. You need to put Pear on the spot for something. <laughs> right. Well, I wasn't prepared for it. He called me at like <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning after a really late oh, wow. night during the show, and so uh, I, I made it happen. I made the conversation work, but I was barely alive <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> cool. We're we, ready for we another announce- cool dude. We have What's announcements. That? We have announcements. Yeah, I know. Yeah, let's hear them. Let's we have it. announcements. We got a mess. We got some announcements for some for some of the listeners. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our uh, our our only fill-in host, Holly Loftus, sent us a message. Holly Loftus, you know, everyone knows Holly Loftus. She refuses yep. to come on uh, a Full Blast podcast, if you can believe it or not. I believe it. Uh, but she refuses. She refuses. Maybe, you know, maybe I don't someday. blame her. I don't blame her either. I mean, you know, I try every so often. I try, but, you know. Hey, Knife Talk, an award has been, uh, I've been helping to set up as, for almost two years is launching next week. I was wondering if you could mention on the show. There's an, a new. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to say we won an award then. Yeah, no. oh, I've, I've lost interest. We'll never win interest. an award. On, we'll Jeff. never win an award. <laughs> uh, so this is from Holly. There's a new award launched in the UK with the Worshipful Company of Cutlers. They're like an OG trade union of knife makers that was set up in the 1400s, but over the centuries they lost their direct connection with the craft. This is uh, a start at making a reconnection to the craft by offering a prize of uh, 25,000, uh, I don't know if that's euros or pounds. I'm going to say it's, which, what's, the, what's the symbol for pounds? Does it look like the backwards E? No, it looks like a... Like an L? Yeah. It's, what's it's, the it's backwards E? Is that euros? Yes, that's okay. a euro. So yeah, this, is, yeah, yeah. this is the start of making a reconnection at the craft by offering a prize of 25,000 euros. 2,500 euros. <laughs> Let me sorry. I'm sorry. It's not 25,000. It's 2,500 euros <laughs> for a knife maker in the UK making culinary knives full part-time to support their professional development. This is, not the, this is not the best knife contest. Instead, the prize will be given to someone who best demonstrates how functioning and mentoring will make a positive impact to their craft and business. Mm. For more details and to apply, head over to the website thecutlersaward.uk and the Instagram is the same. So that's a really, that's a great thing Holly's been up to. 2500 bucks cool. for a knife maker in the UK. Go to thecutlerawardcouk to figure out if it's for you. So that's number one. And then number two is the Great Lakes Custom Knife Show has a show coming up, uh, the Great Lakes Custom Knife Show, Saturday, August 20th. In Bayfield, Ontario, Canada, featuring exhibitors uh, is Wolfgang Lochner, Elizabeth Lochner, Noah Vashon, JVB Knives uh, Canada, ABS Master Smith Wally Hayes, and many, many more Canadian knife makers. To too many to mention. So follow wow. the Great Lakes Custom Knife Show on Instagram or go to GreatLakesCustomKnifeShow.com for more info. Thanks for all you do to, for the community. Chris Hamlin, show organizer, Hamlin Knives. Peace and love, peace and love. We're with you. So Nice. Here you go, Canada. I man. like these announcements. If anybody's got any news, Ugh. keep it short. And, yeah, we, yeah. we'll put it on the show. Oh, uh, but, but Holly's is not 25000 I said 25000 No. 2500 <laughs> yeah. uh, Two and a half grand, basically. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, Canadians. We just mentioned Canadians. If you're, a, if you're a, <laughs> I can't speak. I've had a drink. Calm down. Ding. If you are a Canadian, 
um, and you're a knife maker, you know where to go anyway. You know you need to go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com um, because they've got, you know, they've got the steel, they've got the belts, they've got the handle material, they've got tools, forges, kilns. They do the lot. Um, but even if you're not in Canada, say let's say you're in the States, you can make some savings there with that Canadian dollar by going to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Uh, follow them on Instagram as well. They've always got deals and stuff, so go take a look. Talking about knife okay. news, did you guys see Chappelle got tackled on stage by some guy that had a knife dressed up as a gun? Dude, that guy got too. Was he dressed up as a gun or was the knife dressed up as a gun? What's the... I, I saw, last thing I heard was the, it was a knife that was made to look like a gun for some reason. I don't know... All I know is that guy got tuned up. Got tuned. They they tuned that guy up. They yeah. if you look at what how he jumps up on stage, tries to tackle Dave Chappelle, they grab him, they bring him to the back, they stomp this fucking guy. There are pictures of him on a stretcher. He had elbows are backwards. Yeah. He looked oh, like wow. they, they looked like his ass backwards. <laughs> yeah, hey, Jesus Christ. They they put him they put it on him. That is a full you, I saw Chris up. Rock afterwards. And he said, was that Will Smith? <laughs> oh, God. Damn. You know what? It's going to be... Dude, this is, this is the problem. This is the problem with what Will Smith did. This, there's always these copycats, and people are going to want to do it. People are going to want to be the guy who goes up on stage and puts, it on, puts their hands on him. And, and this is a, it was a big problem. He did that. Doing that was a really, really fucking bad thing and now yeah. you know look they beat the shit out of this guy to yeah. the point where the california district attorneys are like dropping charges because i think this guy got so fucking tuned up it's like i think he served his time his elbows are backwards dude oh wow so not good uh jeffrey would you like to um take the next question uh okay let me get back to it had all sorts of we have all sorts of stuff going on um we got pig iron Pig Iron Forge says, hey, guys, I'm starting to slowly venture into integral bolsters. Although the forging seems pretty straightforward, handle the handle fit seems tricky. From what, uh, from what I've seen, most smiths shape their handles after it being attached. How do you make sure that bolster doesn't stand proud since the wood sands so much quicker than the hardened steel? Are there any tips besides going slow and checking? P.S. After listening to last week's episode, I quietly hand sanded in contemplation for some time and could not think of one single reason why someone would pee on a brand new pair of boots. <laughs> that was, oh, by the way. I, that was fucking uh, weird. I get, I've never uh, heard that before, Craig. A lot of messages <laughs> saying that we are hoping that there is an ongoing segment where Mrs. Lockwood asked Ben Snoor cowboy questions. <laughs> that came up a lot. Like at least four people said, I hope she's got more questions for more Ben. More cowboy questions. I hope she got more questions for Ben because that was awesome. So I've got some insight into her twisted mind for this reason for the uh, the pee on the boots. Go ahead. I think she thinks it would soften soften the leather. You know, it's like a new pair of boots. It's 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 not nice. So I, I think the reasoning is it would maybe soften the leather. There's so many other things that like I can think that of. You could use. I mean, there's so much other fluids. Out in the world, besides urine, I can't believe that urine would be the best moisturizer for leather. Maybe that's a hot tip that we didn't know. Who knows? Now, Maybe. if she had said, "I hold hear on, hold on, hold on, hold on," I'm sorry, I forgot I have a hard out at two. Okay, a what? Sorry? A hard out. 
Oh, okay. I, ha- I have okay. to dash. I'm helping my kids set up for, or my wife is setting up for our kids' school, doing some stuff this weekend, and I'm helping okay. with that. And I well, got to dash. No worries. Let no me worries. answer this Let's question see. though, really quick. Go ahead. Okay, Pig Iron, you need some sort of backing, whether it's a contact wheel or it's a flat platen or it's even a rotary platen, but that way it helps you cut the steel. Uh, at the same time as the wood. So you kind of focus more pressure on the steel, but it happens to be cutting the wood also at the same time. Make sure you're using fresh belts, but otherwise that's that's hard to avoid undercutting. Um, That would be my tip. And that's it. I'm out. Peace, guys. Love you guys. Just leave your your browser open. We'll see you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Glad you're back. (laughs) Meet you soon. Bye. Well, you know, there's also the disc grinder. Disc grinder works great because it, it you're holding it at different planes. I'm a fan mm. of the disc grinder. Then there yeah. was two. There we go. Then I, there was two. The full timers are left. I tell okay. you what. I tell you what, though, about the urine on the boots. Now, if she mm. had said, if your wife had said, I feel like it's a, it's, it's something to like ward off animals. That I could have understood. <laughs> like, I know she has a fear of snakes. If that was like rattlesnake Maybe. repellent, that I could understand. Like, oh, yeah, you pee in your boots and no animals coming near you. No buddies coming near you because you smell like warm weed. Yeah, possibly. I, I, I don't know how that mind works. I'll be honest with you. Well, we get questions. We get dilemmas. We get listener feedback. Let's do a dilemma. Go on. Okay, dilemmas. Uh, if you guys, if you want to get in touch with the podcast and give us some tough scenarios or dilemmas, just... Just go to Knife Talk Podcast Instagram, and I usually, on Wednesdays, I usually say, all right, guys, uh, send us some dilemmas. And these actually have been great. Actually, everybody's been great. The last number of months, the last number of months, everyone's been pulling in. So this one comes from our friend down in Philly, Butch Sullivan. Hey, guys. Hope all's well. I hate to say it, but I have a dilemma. There's a viral song on TikTok that gets stuck in my head. The worst part is, as I can imagine, Craig singing it. It's my money don't jiggle jiggle. It, <laughs> do you know that song? I don't know. Uh, no. it, it, uh, it, do you know it, Jeff? I have heard it, and it's not. It's 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 my money don't jiggle jiggle. It folds. Refers to an audio from a, a Louis, Louis Thoreau interview posted to YouTube. Makes me want to stab out my ears. Cheers and nothing but love for Craig. Sorry if I put that song in your head so listen to the song my money don't jiggle jiggle it folds okay so i probably heard it because louis through is brilliant and i've I've watched all his stuff but um it doesn't stick in my head i don't know it no all right well no that's not that much of a dilemma then good i'm sure everyone's gonna be like oh i fucking hate that song uh (laughs) this is an anonymous dilemma anonymous dilemma i've got a brother-in-law the sister the wife's sister's husband who wants to hang out all the time the problem is I don't like him. <laughs> they moved they moved halfway We've all got one. We've all got one. They moved halfway across the country so the two sisters could be closer together. He was tolerable when there was a distance, but now that I'm accessible, he's kind of driving me nuts. How would I go about how would you go about handling this? It's like I'm at this age where I'm not interested in new friends. Yeah. You know, um, it's just like, Look oh, at you. you know, and it's, it, oh man, no. So what do you do? You don't want to upset your sister-in-law. Uh, you, you're probably going to upset your wife more as well. 
you know, because she's probably saying, oh, come on, this guy needs a friend and all the rest of it. Oh, fuck, what do you do? Um, oh, I think for the, for your own, the sake of your own marriage, you just need to occasionally meet up with him. Um, you know, you, you always tell him how busy you are. Always, that's, that's the first thing you always need to say. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Um, but yeah, you, every now and again, you just need to suck it up. Um, go for a beer or whatever you need to do together. Yeah, unfortunately. Not me. I say go antisocial. <laughs> go antisocial. I I am a, I really it's like I I just don't have time for this. Let, you know, I, I I don't do pop-ins. I don't like it. I we're I'm too busy. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. Uh, or I have something to do. Or I, you know I just just whatever it takes. Just you gotta let them let them loose. Let them loose. And maybe yeah, like you said, have them for over for dinner one once in a while. Ugh, I wouldn't even do that. Just just gotta cut them loose. <laughs> I'm literally I'm so antisocial, and I'm lucky that my wife. Has, I'm a terrible influence on my wife. My wife is a wonderful woman, but I have slowly, slowly, after 25 years, I've slowly, slowly infected her into the right way of thinking, <laughs> which is always like very Larry David. She's like, do I feel, should I feel bad about not wanting to, this person to come over? I'm like, no, you should feel perfectly good. You should, mm. this is the normal way to be. This is, no one should come over. I, I tell you what, the yeah. funny thing is, I had to do copy for uh, this new butcher knife, uh, and um, at, I was just so sick of it. I was just like, "This knife is perfect for the barbecue when you had your neighbors over." And then I and then I did dot dot dot, and I said, "Let's face it, nobody's coming over. We're keeping it. That's in the <laughs> newsletter. We're keeping it." I'm just like, "That's the truth. Nice. That's the truth." And I know that they won't edit it because they like it when I'm just like, "Nobody's coming over. Just leave it yeah. alone." That's what you want in a newsletter, that kind of thing, anyway. Oh. Dude, we're having so much fun with these newsletters. It's ridiculous. We're going to actually quoting. Uh, don't worry, a listener of the show will be quoted in the next newsletter. So leave it. Really? At that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, the next one comes from Mark Smith. Uh, Lynn Ray gave classes and posts, uh, classes and post videos on making the X-ray knife. I've made a couple, but don't feel right about selling them. What should I do? Do you know what we're talking about, right? Yeah, that is, it's almost like a blacksmith's knife, but it's got that sort and of And he's very yeah. free willing with it, with you know people doing it, and he's encouraging of doing it. And this guy is having uh, Mark is having a dilemma whether or not he should be able to sell them or not. I think so. I think you. I I think don't think it's a problem as long as you you know that that's what it is. You're telling people it's a you know a linrail style knife. I don't think then there's a problem. No, be upfront about it and you're good to go. We have a very, I have a very unique answer because when I interviewed him on Full Blast, he hmm. said it's a great project that that you can do and you can make a little money selling them. So he he said he doesn't have a problem with people selling them. You know, and, and <laughs> I think that that's, that's a credit to the man that he is. Um. I found the same situation after I spent time with them and I learned how to make them and I made a couple of them and I was just like thinking, oh, I could make some of these and make them culinary and it would be a fun little thing. And I was just like, you know what? It's not mine. I don't want to do it. So I stopped. I, I have not, I want to make, if I make another one, it will be with him. Like that's, I just, but, but I know exactly what Mark's feeling and, and I feel like, you know what? Let it, this is his, let it, I can do my own thing. You know, let's, just, just stay off it. But from what he says is he's 
he's totally cool with people making them and selling them for themselves. I mean, they're not going to be like his. I mean, he's got these subtle differences that are going to make it like it. And the same reason why um, – well, That's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, blacksmithing isn't my thing, as you know. Um, so what's the difference between a Lin Ray knife – and like a, a, a generic sort of blacksmith's knife. Huge difference. There's these subtleties in the – well, I'll tell you. There's some subtleties yeah. in the – there's a standoff. So the the tail – think about the, think about how, when he forges them, number one, he forges them uh, the handle first, which is very blacksmith. It, you know, you'd have to listen to the whole podcast because it was really interesting. Yeah. So you forge the whole tail out, but the – the, there's a volume transition between the ricasso and the handle itself. It isn't flat. is isn't the whole thing. So the spine into the handle isn't all an eighth of an inch all the way around. Like there's a lot of these mass transitions to make it feel good. And then when it wraps around, he forges in the standoff with a little bit of a tenon. And then you pop a hole in the end of the tail. We call it the beaver tail, I think. And then he puts it up, and then he rivets it on. So it's the handle, like a lot of blacksmith knives. You'll like the one you made with uh, with Steve. Um, hmm. You 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 forge the whole tang out. You rolled it up, and then you and then you rolled it up, and then it stays there. But there's this like when you squeeze it, there's going to be some. You it's not. It, you can feel that there's some tent. There's some you know flex right because it's not connected. Yeah, like spring like yeah so he makes yeah. he forges in the standoff and then once you rivet it together it's solid as can be so it's a lot different his his transitions are much different there and it's all very subtle blacksmithy shit but it's like mm. when you see it uh the you know fast you know viking style blacksmith knife and you compare it to an x-ray it's like it's two different things gotcha okay Okay. Uh, Sorry, I'm 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 in a churros here that I got from the fair, and I got bloody sugar all over me at the moment. You're eating churros? I know. Yeah. You know that's so yeah. weird. My wife brought home churro churro flavored ice cream last night. Oh wow! And it was fucking wow. unbelievably good. I, I bet it oh, was. Oh my god! Because yeah. we're not yeah. eating any of that bullshit. She brings it home. And she's yeah. like, "Hey man, can I have some more of that churro ice cream? That's a good shit mm. right there." As I'm eating this, I'm like, there's no nutritional value to this no, at all. No. But zero. Fuck, it's good. Zero. Actually, speaking of food, we were thinking about uh, we were thinking about making some uh, some picnic stuff, and we we're going over some ideas. And there's this, talk about food. There's a there's this family who was uh, making. Uh, there's a husband and wife during the pandemic. They had an apartment building in Manhattan, and the husband was I think he was Dominican or for Dominican, and the wife had was you know from Chinese ancestry. And he wanted to make this like pernil, which is like this stewed, uh, roasted pork with all sorts of flavors and stuff like that, very Dominican. And she made scallion pancakes. You know what scallion pancake is, right? No. Scallion pancakes is this Chinese pancake with uh, scallions in it. It's usually fried. It's like this flatbread, but it's usually when you get it at a Chinese food restaurant, there's scallions in it, and there you dip it in soy sauce and stuff like that. It's a dynamite. So a scallion is like a like a root onion. Yeah, like green onion. Scallion is a yeah, green onion. Do. Yeah. So okay, it's okay. a traditional Chinese thing. They're dynamite. They're usually fried, and you dip it in this kind of soy sauce with stuff in it. And they made yeah. this burrito with a scallion pancake burrito. I don't know why I brought. It. I thought about it because we were talking about different things, and the churro it was the churro. It was the churro is made kind of similar and stuff like that. So I'm sorry for mm. sidetracking the whole thing. <laughs> 
always happy to talk about food. Well, we can do more dilemmas. We have listener feedback. We can go back to questions. Whatever you want to do. Um, let's do a little listener feedback. Um, but before we do, I want to tell everybody about the sandpaper that we use. Because it's the damn best sandpaper you could possibly get. Um, it's Rhino Wet by Indessa. Um, and I, I always say the same thing. It's going to save you time. If it saves you time, it's going to save you money. But it really is. It's a game changer. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't used it yet, you definitely want to get some. And you can get it from TexasFarrowSupply.com, as well as, a, you know, a multitude of other stuff that you'd need. So go take a look at the website. They've got it all. Uh, but they definitely sell Indasa in all the grits that you could possibly need. Um, and if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off that full order. So, yeah, so take a look, TexasFarrowSupply.com, as well as sandpaper. They've got everything else you'd need as a knife maker. So go take a look. And for those wondering what a churro is, it's like... It's like a donut, but they pipe it out usually with like a star tip at the piping. Yes, and then it's, it's crispier. It's, yeah, it's piped out thin, like probably like three quarters of an inch, three five eighths of an inch diameter, and they pipe it out directly into the oil. So it's like a donut, and then they finish it with cinnamon and sugar. And it's yeah. like, and know. this has got a chocolate and chili dip as well. Jesus Christ, is, dude! Good. What else? I know. <laughs> How many of you bring them home? <laughs> uh we yeah we got a big bag and uh, then we then realized that it's way too late for the kids to try this because it's just full of sugar so yeah basically just me and my wife she's gone to bed and i'm left with this big bag of churros and you know it's going to be like shit in the morning so it needs to be eaten. of course and i'm sure your wife's gonna you put one by the bed your wife's zero gonna waste family the <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah okay this good. one this uh listener feedback comes from uh, Legacy Blades NC. Here's a follow-up, guys. Thanks for reading my question about epoxy glue-up. I did, last week we was talking about epoxy glue-up. He said, I did get mm. some of the thickening, thickened G-Flex, and it made a huge difference. Uh, only takes a few rounds to clean up uh, the squeeze-up, and I found that if you clamp it and let it sit for an hour so the epoxy starts to get gummy, uh, you just have to get one uh, more in time before it fully hardens. Great show with Ben this week. Yeah. So that's the silica stuff that you talked about to, to add to G-Flex, to thicken it up so it's I, not so... He got some uh, sort of G-Flex, th- a thickened G-Flex. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, that, I, I'm actually just about to get some more of that. We're, I just finished gluing up 20 forks, and I'm going to have to get some more of that silica. That stuff's dynamite. It just it just, hmm. it puts so much body in it, there's hardly any spill out, which is great, especially if you're using file work. Um, yeah. Tom Scott says, if you're honest, this comes from a couple weeks ago. If you're honest and charging a fair price, I see no issue in selling kit knives. One of our listeners was making kit, who was getting kit knives, and he felt like, he felt slightly embarrassed, but he was a, you know, a disabled veteran, and he was like finding enjoyment out of it, and people wanted him. Um, hmm. I see no issue in selling kit knives. At the end of the day, you're doing something that someone can't do or doesn't want to do, and that's it. Charge for your yeah. time and your materials, mate. I'm with you. So definitely, yeah. I mean, the first few knives that I made were kit knives. Um, I, they're a great way to learn, and I think if you can add value to them, great. And funny enough, as I was with my accountant this week, we were talking, you know, the, the sort of the business and what was what was what's been happening. Um, I was surprised by the amount of people who have downloaded the. Um, the plans, just my really simple sort of box knife where you basically can download the the files. You can print it off and, you know, make one yourself. Um, I'm surprised the amount of people who bought that. How many? Um, so um, a few hundred. Wow. 
a few hundred in the last, I think, I think it's been about 18 months it's been up. It's been a while. And the plan was always to do it for my chef knives and, and the other knives as well. But the problem is they change slightly every now and again. I'll, I'll, there'll be a slight change, you know, so... Um, you know, I could I could easily put up the, the the new version of that. I suppose that's that's the, the solution to that. Um, but no, I've got no problem at all with people using kit knives and whatever. It's it is what it is. So there's there's levels to every game, and um, you know if that's what you want to be doing, good for you. I was telling Tomer a while ago when I was back in Barcelona. I was like, you know, some people might enjoy just putting one of your knives together. And I mm, think yeah. at one point he was putting trying to do it and see if the interest and in, you know do the stack handle at home and you know, it would be a fun, I mean, those would be fun projects. I, I enjoyed putting one of his knives together in my, in my own shop. So mm. I don't, I, you know, you got to do whatever it takes. There's always the risk that somebody's going to do a really shitty job, isn't it? And then they're like, Oh yeah, this is a Florentine. Like in that case, they say, Oh, this is a Florentine knife, but it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's the design and the, and the parts are, but the actual putting together isn't um, in that case. So there's always that risk that somebody do a really shitty job and they're sort of representing your work, um, but you know, it's if it maybe if the blade was pre-etched with something, so, you know, to you know some sort of special stamp to say that it was you know put together by the owner or something. I don't know, but there's there's got to be a way around that. I think I you know look, everything is great in the world until people get involved. So there's always going to be some there's always going to be somebody who's going to fuck it up. You know, and mm. no, everything's going to get fucked up by some dummy so it's just the way it is but i i love it i i did get you know those pocket knife kits are the move like if you were a company mm. a company to do put together pocket knives that'd be a fun project a real nice one yeah actually my friend nico get got me a put together uh spider co fake knife it was like a toy knife and you had to put it mm. together yourself and it was, i don't know why he sent it to me you sent it to me i put it together it was great you know it was yeah. neat yeah fun yeah, exactly. And if it, if it hooks people into it as well, um, which is what happened with me, you know, that was my hook really into it. And then, you know, thinking, oh, I could make these bits myself and, you know, then getting, getting – it's, yeah, definitely a good thing. Definitely a good thing. Thirsty Work Industry says, I know you didn't ask, but uh, maybe we might have to bring that bit back. I know you didn't ask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you didn't ask. I know you didn't I know you didn't ask is like um, I'm giving you unsolicited advice. I think, you know, next week I'm going to ask for unsolicited advice. We'll do some unsolicited advice. Yeah. I know you didn't ask, but if you spray your flat platen with a sh- few shots of spray adhesive, then attach a thin strip of leather about a sixteenth of an inch thick. This keeps your platen flat, but allows a tiny bit of squish that blends the smallest imperfections. Doing this has almost completely eliminated my need to hand sand. Yeah. I, I've got a platen with a bit of leather on, which I'll, I'll swap out and use for that reason. Yeah. It's great. It gives you, like I said, it gives that little bit of sort of, little bit of give. And particularly when you start using, you know, the sort of, um, the higher grit belts that are really thin and, you know, the, the, it's really nice for that. It gives you that little bit of play. By the way, last week's episode uh, about Whitey Bulger caught me off guard, <laughs> caught me so <laughs> off guard that I laughed out loud, slipped and shoved my thumb into a 36 grit belt. It was, oh, fuck. It was totally worth it. Keep up the hilarious and informative content. You guys rock. Yeah, the Whitey Bulger is now my new favorite my new favorite word yeah. for an erection. The Whitey Bulger. I've got a Whitey Bulger. <laughs> but uh speaking of speaking of those platens, if you if you put uh those Pyrex I love those Pyrex um plates that you can uh you know JB 
JB, not JB Smooth, JB Weld onto uh, the platen, and then it does help with the wearing away. Now the problem with those are, I realized I was having these weird little, I was noticing these weird little strange marks on my knife. When the corners of those platens kind of chip a little bit, and you use uh, the yeah. corner with the belt, if it's a J Flex belt you'll end up with these weird like facets almost. So just be aware that those platen, those those Pyrex platens, if they're if they're not super flat and super clean, they can kind of do kind of weird shit on your knife. Yeah. Um uh, this is an old one. Uh, this one comes from Kale Riv. Says, "I love the name Luigi." Has become a running joke on the on the show. As before, oh, by the way, the butt your your new son's name is Buddy. He's how old is Buddy? Buddy is seven weeks. Seven, seven weeks old. Weeks, we yeah. thought he was going to be the name Luigi. And you were talking months ago about how you felt like you might have been a stalker to Jamie Oliver. <laughs> I see where you're going. It with just this, dawned yeah. on me that he's got a son named Buddy too. He does. Was he that? Does, was yes. that? Was there? Did you realize that before or not? I, I obviously I knew it. it. You know, it wasn't intentional. Okay. Let's have the son and call it okay. the same as Jamie. Sure. We we like the name and it, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the uh, he's going to have a restraining order against you at some point. <laughs> Quite possibly. He's trying yeah. to send him yeah. knives. He's trying to get on his TV show. Maybe kid after him. <laughs> Fuck it, J.B. Oliver. <laughs> Fucking guy. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. I've got old stuff, but whatever you want to do. I tell you what, let's, I mean, what are we? We're an hour and a half in now. Let's do one more question because I think that, that then sort of tees us in nicely to, um, to an after show maybe. Yeah. Uh, but before you do, and if you're looking for a grinder, get yourself a pen and paper. Um, after this question, we're going to tell you how you can get some amazing discounts. But you need a pen and paper, believe me. Okay. This one is from Salary Patch Knives. Um, he guys got a question for the podcast. I've heard you talking about refurbishing customer knives. How do you clean up the steel on a full tang knife without a noticeable sanding line near the transition from scales to ricasso? Um, and he says, do you redo the coffee etch? Um, and he also says, but we'll talk about this in the after show. Also, every Netflix recommendation from Craig has been great. I'm hoping he continues to give more. So we've, I've got an amazing recommendation for the after show today. Oh, but, boy. Uh, here we go. Um, refurbishing customer knives. How do you clean up the steel on full town knives without a noticeable sanding line near the transition from scales to a castle? Um, it can be difficult because obviously when we do our own knives – um, we're generally um, cleaning everything up before we put the the handles on. Um, so personally, I use one of the Bill Bengi uh, file guides, um, and that'll help that way. But if it's a customer knife, it's already got a handle on it, so you're not going to have that space to do it. Um, so it can be tricky if there's if you know if there's not much space there to put anything there as a barrier to stop. Um, I generally just tape up. Um, and just be very careful. But I don't really, you know, I don't really do customer knives. There's been a few of my own knives that have come back in, um, particularly sort of restaurant knives where I offer that service. You know, after a year, send them back to me. I'll give them, a, you know, a clean up and they go back to you. Um, obviously, I'm not taking the handles off them. So I just tape up and make it as, you know, mask off the areas that I need to. And then just go really, really easy when hand sanding. There's not much else I don't, I don't think you can do. Uh, in regards to a coffee etch, I never etch. 
um, mine has always got a, uh, a non-etch surface, so I, I don't come across that problem. But uh, Jeff, are you doing much refurbishing, whether it's you know other people's knives or your own knives that come in for sort of a, you know a cleanup? I have I have done. I've taken some older of my knives and brought and given them a refurbishing, like a thinning, a thinning yeah. down. And I try to be very careful about the plunge line because obviously I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to touch the handle. Um, so what I always do is I wrap the handle up with, you know, whatever t-shirt material and duct tape and whatever, whatever tape I got. And then I try to really give myself, uh, a lot of refurbishing also, it's like it all depends on how much you're going to do. So I'm very, very aware of that transition and how far I can go with the grinder. Uh, I really have been enjoying using uh, mold polishing stones, especially for the transition between the blade to the plunge line. Like there are some knives like uh, Wustoff's with, with the kind of like the heel has a lot of bolster and then it's not just like mm. it doesn't just taper off it's just kind of you have a, that big shit that you can't you know what i'm talking about yeah it's got it's got a heavy heel it's got yeah. a heavy yeah. heel it's padded and it's it's the worst transition for sharpening of all time and nothing i mean yeah. nothing good about that transition it's real hard so i've been using mold polishing stones a lot and that gets me in there without having to like be too a little bit more surgical and a little, a little more uh, for if I was to change from the grinder to hand sanding. I also love the disc grinder because the disc grinder gets you in there. You can slow it down if you have a VFD. You can use very you know I use 800 grit on the disc grinder just to kind of get my scratch lines down if there's, if it's very aggressive. And um, it's tricky. I don't. I've never done the coffee etch with a handle on, but I know that uh, we were talking last week with Ben and Salem Straub, and I know that Mareko does too. Is he masks off the handles with um, nail polish, and then he, you know, he can you can etch again, or you can, you know, you got to do real, be real careful, mask it all off, and then you can do the coffee etch. But um, I don't like refurbishing. The, the the only time I've refurbished knives that are not mine that I'm selling is I'll have old uh, Sabatier knives. I'll take the handle off and then I'll do all the cleanup before I put the handle back on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's like, yeah. you know, it, that's yeah. the problem solving too. That's the fun part of problem solving. It's just like figuring out how to do it the best way you can do it. You know, mm. I've seen, I saw a video. Um, it was probably a couple of years ago where somebody was using like modelers clay and they they'd put it down and they'd they would go over the uh, over the handle but right down to that transition line and they'd leave it for a bit um so it would harden um so then they've got they've got you know a hard surface they can stand right up to um and then they can just pop that off i know what you're end. talking about <laughs> it's this japanese it's this japanese stuff the artificery that uses that uh, really right okay. artificery yeah i couldn't it. remember who who i'd seen using it but yeah it's uh it's the artificery uh, mareko's friend uh will brigham and it's mm. this it's i don't know if it's a what kind of compound it is but i think he said it was a japanese product he heats you heat it up then you put it on a piece of steel and then you set your knife in like you said and then it gives you a completely flat surface and then you, it, you don't have to you know there's no you know whatever you yeah, basically what you said and then you heat it up and then it pops right off yeah yeah 
Look mm. at you. Maybe that's the move. Look at yeah. you. Quite possibly. But I think, you know what, I think that's a show. But before we do, I did promise you some amazing discounts on a grinder. So if you're in the market for a grinder, and most people are, because if you've got one, you need two. If you've got two, you need three. We all know how it works. Um, but obviously, what we're going to recommend broadback grinders because they are fucking awesome. Um, but listen, they've got a sale coming on, um, which is going to be for Blade Show, which isn't quite yet, but they're all ready to announce it. So get your pen and paper. The Super Mega Package, which is 3995 This is going to include the Standard Mega Package, which I'll talk about later maybe. I'm just looking down the list here. There's a lot going on here. Um, includes the Moreco Platin, the Tilting Tool Rest, the Disc Sander, and the Belt Pack. Um, you can get $585 off. There's a save in there. So that's, that'll only be 3995 And that's got everything that you'd possibly need, the extra arms and all the rest of it. They do a premium plus, which is two nine nine five, which includes the premium package, which is the Morocco Platin, the Tilt and Tool Rest, the Slack Belt Attachment, and a Belt Pack. So that's going to give you a saving of four hundred and forty five dollars. Um, they also do a Max Plus, which is two nine nine five, which includes the premium package, which is the Morocco Platin. Two eight four five. That's the Max Plus. This is the premium. Oh, sorry, plus my bad. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a bunch of packages they've done, and basically loads of packages with loads and loads of savings, um, and even down to the surface grinder, um, which you can get hundred dollars off as well. Um, so this is all going to be uh, for sale, but starts on June the third, and that runs through to June the twelfth. Um, so during that time, our normal discounts won't apply because these are heavily, heavily discounted. So we just want to give you a heads up. If you're in the market for a grinder, if you just wait till June the 3rd, you're going to get massive, massive savings on a broadback. And as we always say with broadback, they're great because they've got so many different attachment arms. Um, they're like a universal size. So if you've got attachment arms anyway from anywhere else, these will fit on. Great, great, great stuff. So, yeah, we... we each week we'll talk about these, but, you know, June the 3rd, this sale is going to start. So if you just wait that, you know, a couple of weeks, you can get yourself a really stinking hot deal. Sorry for stepping okay. on your, your read. No, no problem. No problem. I mean, Vince has sent me an email here um, with all the different saving packages, and there are basically the shitloads. So, yeah, you just, just sit on your hands just for a couple of weeks, and honestly, you're going to make a huge, huge saving. Um, because you've already made the decision. If you're getting a grinder, you're going to get a broadback anyway because you're not a fool. You listen to this show, you're not a fool. Um, but, yeah, we can make sure that you get really, really good savings on, on these packages. So just sit on your hands till June the 3rd and then, yeah, make that sale. Okay, I think that is a show. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, thanks from me. Thanks from Jeff. Thanks from Morocco, um, who will be back full-time next week. He'll be a full-time host of the show again. I'm sure of it. Not a homemade host. <laughs> Not a homemade host. A full-time host. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. <laughs> I love how you don't play the whole way through anymore. I know. It's just, you know, Dude, nobody wants to listen to that You did again. Texas Jeez. Fairy Supply in Dasa, right? We okay, did, yeah, yes, right. yes. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, we I'm, did. I'm, I got churros in my head. <laughs> I know, attention. I've got one left and I've been saving it. And it's it's fucking huge. It's about 12 inches long. Yeah, girl. Hey, yo. It's a big one. 
it's a big one. <laughs> so you have so a recommendation, the- a TV recommendation? Oh, fuck. Yes, yes. So um, on Disney Plus, a um, show called The Dropout, and it's that Amanda Siegfried or something her name is. Um, you know, she was in like Mean Girls. She was in all these sort of teeny films, but, you know, she's she's a fully grown adult now. And um, this show is amazing. So it's, it's a true story. About I'd, I'd never heard of it, but um, this this uh, this company called Theranos or Theranos, um, and basically the idea they had was this: she dropped out of out of Stanford. She had this idea as a chemist that she was going to make this machine with one drop of blood. It could test for a hundred diff- different diseases, and it, you give you you know the, the result instantly. Um, great idea, and all the rest of it. And she started getting investment for this thing, and this show is amazing. It's amazing. So, yeah, it's been our thing this week, me and my wife. And um, normally when we're into something, you know, uh, it's it. You know, once it starts, we'll just sit through and we'll watch fucking all of them within a couple of nights. We've purposely made sure we're only going to watch one per night. Um, They're they're an hour long. And um, I really look forward to watching it. It's brilliant. Really? Really, really good. Really good. Um, Yeah. Uh, The Dropout on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's amazing. All right. It's amazing. After the first episode, so the second night we went to watch, and we, we, we you know we pulled it up on the TV. It was like episode two. Surely we watch more than that because so much happens in each episode. You're like, we can't only be on episode two. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, and it's, and it's a true story. Oh shit! Um, I gotta watch this show now. It's very good. Very very good. Yeah, and she's great in it as well. She's really good. She, this character she plays is fucking bonkers, but um, it's brilliant. Love it. I love it. I haven't really been watching much. I watched the fucking Moon Knight, which is fine. It was like, you know, it was a comic book that was a mediocre comic book when I was a kid. But, you know, he that guy is very good. He, very good. he plays this superhero with multiple personalities, and he, his acting is very, very good. So, But right. I'll tell you what I've been listening to. I love the David Chang podcast, and he's got another podcast called Recipe Club where they where they all make the same recipe and talk about it. I was I'm fascinated by that show and I'm fascinated by his approach to cooking because it is very similar to what we're going through as in as makers and it's it's I just I I like he I like he talked about the last episode of David Chang show they were talking about pizzas pizza ovens and like hmm. they were just like he was he killing everybody with the homemade pizza. He's like you know, you know you just it's not going to be any good. You should just go out and get pizza. And pizza's not meant to be made by amateurs. And it was very much along the lines of, you know, he's he's just doing his thing. And it, and it actually was very funny. But it reminded me of it reminded me of what the the new like gadget that the maker makers now are touting, and it's and it's starting to. It's starting to really be something that's like uh, a gadget to me, which is an induction forge. You know what an induction forge uh, is? Uh, yes, yeah. Well, it's, it looks like a coil, doesn't it? Like a spring. Right. It's a and big it, it heats, yes, box. Yeah. It's water cooled, and it's you know two twenty, and it's all this stuff, and mm. it's got the coils, and you stick a piece of steel in it, and like by magic, that one part that you put in <laughs> gets hot and stuff like that. And I I I used Cliff Dufton had one. 
And it made a lot of sense for him because he lives in an apartment building and his shop is in a basement of an apartment. So he can't have a forge, keep the fumes. Mm. And he was working on smaller stuff with it and stuff like that. But all of a sudden they're popping up all over the place. And I was uh, breaking uh, my buddy Chris Zepp, who I love. I love Chris Zepp. I love Chris Zepp. I was breaking his balls about it. He's using, he's, he started sending messages. I said, and he's like, you know, this changed the way I forge. And I said, listen, just get your ass up here. Let's stop it with the gadgets. Come up here. For, you need some technique. He's like, oh, you don't understand. And I'm getting that from a lot of these <laughs> fucking guys who are buying these gadgets without any kind of like, you know, they're, well, you don't understand because this is, and I, I'll, I, the Adduction Forge is the air fryer of the makery world. <laughs> the Adduction Forge is the, I understand why people use it, but at the same time, you're all, it's all not going to make you Cliff Dufton, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I hate to say for, it. But, doesn't it make a very sort of isolated heat? It doesn't heat up much at the same time, does well, it? Well, it depends. It Surely depends on your can't. coils. I used it I used it a couple times. I was using it for a friction folder and actually for this one particular spot. Like it mm. was great. Like if I was Lynn Ray and I was trying to isolate the forge that uh, the tenon, it would be great. But it's mm-hmm. like there's a lot of people out there, and I'm not saying Chris. Chris, I love Chris. I, this, Chris is coming to come up here uh, after I finish. This. He's probably got a dozen of them as well. Let's face uh, it. He's going to come up here, and we're going to he wants to, we're going to do a blacksmithing class, me and him, and a four. And he wants to do a video, and we're going to do that at some point. But it's it it is very like I think that I think that there are a lot of people who are getting equipment, and I, somehow in China they're figuring out how to make all this like you know nuclear technology very affordable because <laughs> all of a sudden everybody's getting all this Chinese gadgets, and they're yeah. just like foregoing their the technical aspects of it because you know these air fryers and this it, people don't it's not it's just a fucking you know they're all these bullshit gadgets that you know you're if you're a cook if you know how to cook you don't need any of that shit. But it's it's yeah. funny to me. I had this thought about you're thinking about uh, you know David Chang was just beating the shit out of people with their their fucking pizza ovens, and you know he was just like you know very dismissive of them, and no one actually uses them, and <laughs> you, know, you can make shitty pizza, and uh, you know you just leave it to the professionals, and it made me realize that it's the same thing with the uh, induction forge, and I thought that was very funny. But you know, I've been lusting after a new pizza oven just this week, dude. Why? Which you got the beauty? I know, but this, I've, uh, yeah, there's a shop locally, and it, it's got this new, and it's they're Italian. That it's this big thing is all tiled beautifully, them, yeah. and it's like, oh, oh, it looks good. Can I just looks tell good. you, I have a home tip. I have a home pizza tip for a pizza hmm. oven for for cooking a pizza in a normal oven. The, one of the episodes of David Cheney were talking about the fact that the reason why home pizza sucks is because your oven only goes to 500 degrees Fahrenheit Mm. and to get a good Neapolitan pizza or even with your pizza oven, you're 700 degrees to 900 degrees. So that cooks it at a very fast rate, but it makes the bottom crisp. I figured out because it cooks on the stone, the bottom, yeah, the bottom of the stone, the rest is just, you know, you know, atmospheric heat around which will sort of melt the cheese that kind of thing the actual cooking happens from from the base well the 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 thing about the pizza in a regular oven is is people however they do it you're never getting the crisp bottom and i figured out a way to do it and i the the bottom's crisp as shit it's great and 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 i'm going to tell you what i do i'm going to tell you what i do and however you make your dough blah 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 you get some sheet pans 
and then you put the sheet pans in the oven with nothing on them, and then you jack your heat to the highest temperature, 500 degrees, mm. and you let the oven go at 500 degrees with the sheet pan in it. Then you stretch out your pizza on a Silpat mat, which is, there's fucking the best God. You can't get a better value than a Silpat <laughs> mat. They're, they they You can put your cookies on them. It's, it's like parchment paper, but it lasts forever, and you can just clean it yeah. up. You stretch out your pizza, and you make your pizza on the Silpat mat on your countertop. And then when you're ready, then you, you open the oven, pull out that hot pan, and you drop the Silpat mat with the pizza on it. In 12 minutes, you will have a good pizza that's, a good home pizza. The oven's hot as shit, but your pan's fucking hot as shit, and you're not you're not mm. going to burn it. And you get 12 minutes, check that bottom, and then you you lift it all out, and then it just slides right off that silpat mat, and you'll have a nice dark uh, bottom, which is what you want. I th- I mean I want I love a pizza. I mean my mother in law has a pizza oven, and she got I I was making pizzas out of it. It was fucking fun, but it took two hours mm. to get it to the right temperature. Who wants to do yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's the thing, yeah. Well, I enjoy that. Yeah, we talked about this before. I enjoy all that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, so you haven't been watching anything, reading anything, uh, listening to anything? I listened to, like I said, David Chang's show, and I listened to uh, the Recipe Club. They talked about uh, they talked about Cinco de Mayo, and, and, and that was pretty interesting about the history of Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo is... If for some reason, it's like the, they call it Drinko de Mayo here, or Cinco de Drinko. And everyone's this Mexican holiday, but it's like, it's really not about the independence of Mexico. It's just the Fr- the Mexicans had one victory over the French, and then they're celebrating this one slight victory before they got fucking overtaken <laughs> by the French. So it's just like this really nonsensical thing. But uh, no, I, I haven't really watched. I watched, like I said, I watched Moon Knight. I'm looking forward to seeing. I hate to say it, but I'm looking forward to seeing that Obi Wan Kenobi shit. It looks pretty good. I like Ewan McGregor. Looks like Jesus. I'm down. I'm. Uh, what else? Not much. I'm, I'm. I don't have time. I go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I go to sleep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, we've been trying that as well, getting to bed earlier because um, Buddy has this like a feeding frenzy from sort of eight p.m. For the next few hours, he's just feeding like crazy. And he's been sleeping amazingly well, like like eight hours, wow. which, you know, for a baby that we're, you know, we're very pleased with that. Um, but yeah, so as soon as he, he sort of gets to sleep, normally by sort of 10, 30, 11, whereas before we like, now it's our time. Let's put something on the TV. Let's do whatever. Now we're just like, right, let's just go to bed, you know. So yeah, it's, it's um, I feel a lot better for it as well, which is all cool. What's the best thing you cook this week or your wife cook? What's the best thing you ate this week? Um, um, Besides we've churros. been eating pretty, honestly, we've been eating pretty bad this week. Um, best thing. I've been doing a lot of, um, just like fried rices and, um, we, we like the last, I don't know, maybe the last month or probably since the baby's been born, just cause it's super simple. Um, but yeah, we're loving it. You know, you know, like one day we'll have it like with prawns and um, or chicken and chorizo and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm just really enjoying them at the moment to get that, you know, that, that crispy bottom to it. And oh yeah, I'm just really enjoying them. So that's probably the best thing we've eaten this week again. Yeah. Did you see uh, French guy cooking? You know, French guy cooking. Yeah, he's got like a masterclass coming up, hasn't he? He does. But he did a great series. His series, his YouTube series on 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 fried rice was very very good. Hmm. 
He's good. He goes like into super depth on stuff. Yeah, he's, he, he is pretty cool. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's hanging out with Jimmy Duresta right now. Doing they're doing some really. Yeah, I guess they're doing some sort of yeah. collaboration. Yeah. But, uh, oh. yeah, fried rice is hard to beat. Fried rice is hard to beat. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Right, I think that's a show. It's got to be. Got to be. What are we? Hour and forty-seven. Yeah. Minutes in. Yeah. That's your lot, you listeners. That's your lot. Yeah, so next week, guys, why don't you do uh, send me a uh, send me a? Uh, uh, I know you didn't ask. You know, give me some unsolicited advice for yeah. the listeners. We'll read off your unsolicited advice next week. That would be cool. And if you've got any news, events, anything like that, we'll put a little segment up. But keep them short. You know, keep them short. And it'll be cool. Yeah. Thank you all for listening, and we shall speak to you all again next week. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.